You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. It's great to be together this morning, and uh, it's great to be preaching this morning. I've uh, haven't preached in a while, so it's actually good to be back with you all this on Sunday morning. And um, I'm, I'm super excited about what we're going to talk about today. I think it's a very powerful, powerful subject. The title of today is The Spirit of the Kingdom, Truth or Lies, Truth or Lies. And um, I know there's a lot of you know mystery and a lot of questions about the Holy Spirit. And, and so we're going to just dive on in and start answering some of those questions. But it's great to have you with us this morning. Uh, get yourself comfortable. Get a cup of coffee, whatever you got going. Turn off everything else, please. Let's focus on God's Word. Let's, uh, let's focus here and get some uh, great teaching. And maybe, hey, maybe the Spirit will move through the lesson and, uh, and move our hearts and minds the way I know God wants us to. So... Um, let's go ahead and dive on in. You know, we, we're, we're, we're continuing with our theme. This year's theme is encouraged by the spirit. And, uh, we, you know, we took some time to focus on some things in February, Black History Month, and a number of, uh, just, uh, fantastic speakers. Wow. We had some great preaching. We got a lot of preachers in our region, uh, which is really fantastic. It's so cool. I, I, I've been able to just sit and listen and be preached to, encouraged, challenged, inspired. It's really good. Well, we're going to continue on our theme of encouraged by the spirit. Uh, of course, this is the third year. We're, we're in our third year together, you know, with the Carrillos at least. And, um, uh, we started out with the focus on the Son and the Father and the Holy Spirit. We did, uh, eyes fixed on Jesus in Him being the Father. And now we're focusing on the Holy Spirit. And hopefully you're learning a lot. Hopefully you're, you're growing in your understanding of the Spirit. We still got a whole lot more to learn. There's a whole lot more questions to be answered. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, some things are getting really exciting and I'll share about that later. Um, but I know there's a lot of questions out there. What is spirituality? What does that mean? What does it mean to be spiritual? You know, to be spiritual is what? Um, what does it mean to be spirit led? Uh, the Holy Spirit, what does he do? What does he, what does he, how does he work? And, and it's funny because we use the term a lot. We'll say, you know, the spirit moved or we'll have themes, spirit led. And usually we talk about something else. We don't actually talk about the spirit. We oftentimes will have spiritual titles, but we don't define spirituality. So we're going to do a little bit of that today. There's way too much for, to do handling one lesson, but I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good study. I think it'll be a good learning time for all of us. Um, you know, we have different backgrounds and different experiences with spirituality, whether you came from a Catholic background or a Protestant or Baptist or Pentecostal or whatever, you're going to have a wide range of experiences. We know there's a lot of strange stuff out there, right? There's, there's some pretty bizarre groups out there. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there, you, you've got the, what, what my family used to call the holy rollers, you know, with the hallelujahs and the hands in the air and the whole thing. And, and you've got, you know, people barking in the Lord, laughing in the Lord. And all this is supposedly the Holy Spirit. Uh, people hanging out with snakes in the church service, you know, trying to prove Mark 16 that they can get bit by deadly snakes and survive. You got people coming forward and getting slain in the Lord. And, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff going on out there. 
And, you know, I know that all of us have probably had a, a, a wide range of experiences on what's happening out there. What is, what is, what is really out there? Uh, what, what's, what is spirituality really about? I love this little conversation in John chapter four that Jesus has with Samaritan woman. You know, she brings up the debate between what the Jews believe and what the Samaritans believe. And he answers her. He says, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in the truth, right? In truth and in spirit. Um, I love this because Jesus doesn't get caught up in the debate. You know, there are the, she, she kind of baited him a little bit to, you know, well, who's right? You know, we say this, you Jews say that. And he says, well, first of all, let me just clarify the Jews got it right, right? We get Jesus from the Jews. Jesus was a Jew. Salvation comes through Jesus. So therefore the Jews delivered it to us right through Jesus. And, uh, but he says, he says the time is coming and has now come. Okay. We're in this time. He's talking about when the true worshipers, not, not this group, that group, those people, these people, but the true worshipers of God will worship the father in spirit and in truth. In other words, they will be spiritual but it'll also be guided by the truth. It'll be in the truth. It won't be lies. It won't be made up. And I think this is probably one of the first big challenges of what is spirituality. Is it's always, spirituality is always rooted, founded, established in the truth, in honesty. I'll tell you what I mean is, I know a lot of us have had experiences, and I'm not saying that everybody's like this, but I had an experience that's kind of classic to many things. Um, we had moved to San Diego. One of my neighbors was a Pentecostal preacher. And he loved to preach to me. Every time I'd see him outside, I kind of avoided him. If I was outside, he went outside. I, I would go back in because he would start preaching to me. And he was always talking to me about stuff and, and about, you know, scripture and this and that and that. And just not, not talking to me, preaching at me. And he was pretty solid on that. If you don't speak in tongues and if you don't have the gifts of the spirit, then you're not a real Christian. And I thought it was ironic because I knew his family and I also knew his family was a mess. I also knew that his son was the neighborhood drug, drug dealer. And I thought how ironic that he is Mr. Joe spiritual, but his life doesn't match it. And sure enough, later on, he ended up leaving his wife and kids to be with a, a, a young woman in the church and go live with her. And it just struck me that for all those years of preaching at me, it wasn't that long, but it was probably about a year and a half where he was constantly preaching at me. And yet he was living a double life. He was having an affair. And I knew even before I knew that, I knew that, that just by his family and how his family was doing that he really wasn't living in the truth. He wasn't living in the light. The truth is not what guided his life. 
And that's, that's one of the most obvious aspects of spirituality. A spiritual person lives in the truth. And this is what God is looking for. This is what true worshiping is. It's living in the truth and in the spirit, right? That you cannot separate those. You cannot say someone is spiritual, but they're living a lie. You cannot say somebody is led by the spirit, but they're not living in the truth. They're not living in the light. They're not, they're not trying to be righteous. They're not really following the truth. Those are, they don't, they, they can't coexist. And that's just the most basic, basic thing about spirituality. It's always truth. And that means that as spiritual people, we have to learn to live really honest. We've been taught, we've talked about that in a couple of lessons. But truth in the inner parts, just being very honest with where am I at? How am I doing? What's happening in my life? And that doesn't mean, I'm not saying that somebody spiritual has no sin and, and they never do anything wrong. Absolutely not. I mean, all of us are sinners, right? All of us mess up, but we're honest about it and we deal with it and we strive to live honestly before the Lord, which another way of saying it is authentically, which is probably the popular word right now, an authentic Christian, somebody who's, who's real is the real thing. They're really trying to follow it. They're really trying to do it. I loved, I loved uh, Tony's sermons uh, the last couple of weeks and just how honest he is about what he's feeling, what he's thinking, what he's going through. That's authentic Christianity. It's not a game. It's not pretending. It's not trying to look good. And sometimes, honestly, to be good, you've got to be willing to look your worst in order to be your best. And that's a fact. You cannot be your best if you're not willing to look your worst. That is meaning, be honest. Here's what I struggle with. Here's where I'm at. Here's what I did today. Here's how I felt about that. Knowing, not, 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 not boasting in our sin, but honestly, just being honest about ourselves. And that's, that's a real key to spirituality. It always makes me a little nervous, a little nervous when somebody says, the spirit told me. And I wonder, hmm, what spirit? What spirit are we talking about? The spirit never lies. The spirit is the spirit of truth. So we know how all this came about, right? So we read about in Mark chapter one, when Jesus gets baptized and, and John's baptizing him and he says, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in, to, in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. Which is pretty cool. God was making a statement that his spirit would be poured out onto Jesus. And Jesus, of course, his ministry was led by the spirit. When he goes out in the desert to prepare his ministry, to launch his ministry, to be with God. And he comes back and says he came back full of the Holy Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is at the heart and is on the, uh, is, is the inner workings of all of God's ministry, right? And so we see it with Jesus right away. But not just Jesus. We jump forward to Acts chapter 2 after Jesus died, rose from the dead, and, the, and he told the apostles, wait in Jerusalem because something powerful is going to happen. 
And we read in Acts chapter 2, when the day of, the Pente- of, of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rest, re- to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The other tongues are languages. And it says everybody there, when they stood up and went out to preach, everybody could hear them in their own language, their own tongue, right? Their own, they, they, they could all, even though they were all Galileans speaking Galilean uh, Aramaic, the Greeks heard it in Greek. The Turks heard it in Turk, Turkish. Well, they weren't Turkish. They were Asia Minor. The, the, the Romans heard it. The Italians heard it in Latin, you know, depending on what country they were from. They all heard it in their native language, which is why the reason why we have Spanish ministries, by the way, just a little side note there, is so people could hear the gospel in their language. So, so, but, but the important thing here is that the Spirit is poured out on all the apostles to help launch the church, to get the church off the ground and moving. But that's not it. It doesn't stop. Wait, there's more, right? Acts chapter 2, Peter stands up and he preaches and he tells them this sermon, this powerful sermon. Listen to the sermon. This is just the introduction. I'm not going to read the whole sermon. Don't worry. But this is this part's important for our study today. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Okay, just stop right there. The Spirit was very selective in the past. The prophets received the Spirit. A few individuals received the Spirit for miraculous events. But he's quoting, Peter's quoting the prophet Joel, and he's saying, look, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all people. All, it's actually ethnos, the word, in Greek, which is all ethnicities, all races, all languages, all nations, all everybody. Not just a few select Jews, but everybody. And that's pretty cool. I mean, God was the first and the foremost uh, diversity person in, in the history of mankind. That all of a sudden, this is going out to everybody. And he says, your sons and daughters We'll prophesy. Okay, boom, right there. Not just the men, but the women too. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Boom, again. Not just the young, not just the old people, but the young people too. And not just the young people, but the old people too. And he says, even on my servants, both men and women, all right, because typically in the past it was all through men. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. They're going to go out and preach the word. Who? Everybody is. Everybody, young, old, male, female, every from every language, from every culture, because they're all going to get the spirit of God. You got to understand, this was new. This was brand new. The truth is, it took about 10 chapters for them to even get this in the book of Acts. You remember, Peter didn't want to even eat with the Gentiles. He didn't want to go into a house of a Gentile. They didn't want to leave Jerusalem, even though Jesus told them that you're going to go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth with this. It just took them a long time to, to get that. 
I mean, and, and you know what? Sadly, it's, it, I have to say that as we know, dealing with race relations, all that stuff, it just takes us a while to understand the universality of God, that God loves everybody, right? That he's reached out to everybody. And that's what, that's what the introduction was, that the spirit is going to go to everybody. It didn't take a while to get this. But how cool is that? Everybody would get this. This is a promise for everybody. And so he goes on preaching and he's preaching and he's preaching, right? And we know this, we know this sermon pretty well. So towards the end of it, he says, when the people heard this, of course, he told them that they crucified the son of God, the Messiah. And says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, what? You're gonna, you're gonna get this. Everybody you baptize is gonna get this gift. It's not just for the prophets. It's not just for the apostles. It's not just for the Messiah. It's for everybody. Everybody gets the Holy Spirit. Everybody. This is like the Ellen DeGeneres show. Everybody in the audience gets a gift, right? Well, that's basically what he was doing is everybody listening gets the gift of the Holy Spirit. In fact, he says, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, even Los Angeles, California, for all whom the Lord our God will call. How cool is that? The gift of the Holy Spirit. God gives us his spirit. God unleashes his spirit on us and we get the Holy Spirit. And Jesus had talked about him coming. And Jesus had even said, I got to go so the Spirit can come. I mean, this is a big deal. The Holy Spirit gift. Okay, so my question is, what have we done with that gift? Did you open your gift? I like to buy, whenever I travel, I like to buy gifts. And, uh, you know, especially when I was with Hope, I'd be all, you know, I'd be in Africa, I'd be in Asia, I'd be in Latin America, I'd be in Europe, I'd be in the Middle East. And so I was always going to the little markets, the little bazaars and, and buying gifts for Christmas. And then I'd take them home and I'd stash them someplace. And then around Christmas time, you know, I'd pull them all out, wrap them, but it never fails. Always in January or February, I'm looking for something in the closet and I find a gift that I forgot to give. I forgot I bought it. I bought it in June the year before and I totally forgot about it. And I've always had, uh, I just, this last Christmas, I, I gave my son a gift that I had actually bought the year before. It just sat there in my closet. And whenever I find those gifts, I think, oh man, what a bummer. I was so excited to buy this and I was so excited to give this and it's not opened. Or there's another scenario. What if you give somebody a gift and they don't even open it. What does that say? How would you feel? If you're all excited, you wrap it, you you give it to them. Three months later, you go by their house, you go by their house, and it's sitting there in their closet. You see it in their closet, not even opened. How crazy would that be, right? I think for a lot of us, the Holy Spirit is the gift that we forgot. It's the forgotten gift that never got opened. Yeah, we all got it when we got baptized. We all said it. We even said, baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we all cheer, amen, woo! And then we get baptized and we forget. We forget about the Holy Spirit. That's crazy. 
This was such a big deal for God to give us the Holy Spirit. Such a big deal that Jesus said, I got to go so that the Holy Spirit could come. Why can they both be here? I don't know, but he said he's got to go. How crazy is that, that we really know so little? And to be fair to us, the church, I think there's reasons why we're afraid or why we don't know a lot about it. I think we're afraid of getting it wrong. We've seen, we've heard all these crazy things. That story I told about my neighbor, and I'm not saying that all Pentecostals are like this or that everybody goes to, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But so many of us have had bad experiences or we've heard of just bizarre, weird things that we know are not the truth. We know this isn't what it's really about. In fact, the whole first Corinthians and Paul addresses all the stuff about spiritual gifts the whole point of it is, guys, it's not about the gifts. God gave us the gifts so that the church could be launched. He said there's things way more important, like what? Like love. The greatest gift of all. What is most important. He draws all their attention. And what really matters is do you love? Not whether you speak in tongues or all this stuff. And in fact, we know that, you know, the tongues and stuff, they kind of disappeared. In fact, he even told the letter in the first first chapter of Romans, he said, I, I hope to go so that I can give you some gifts. In other words, everybody who wanted it didn't get it. Simon the sorcerer saw that the gifts came on by the laying of hands of the apostles, not by everybody. And he wanted it. He wanted the apostles to lay his hands because he knew that's how you get them. And when the apostles died off, so did these miraculous gifts. But we really don't know a whole lot about it. It doesn't mean the Spirit stopped. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit disappeared. It doesn't mean He stopped working. And that's why it's important for us to do this study. For us to ha even have this theme. I mean, I think by I'm, you know by the end of this year, we're, we're going to know a lot about the Holy Spirit. And that's a good thing. Read the book of Acts and underline everywhere it talks about the Holy Spirit. Who led the church in the book of Acts? The Holy Spirit. Was it Paul? No. Because Paul didn't even show up until halfway, almost halfway through it. Not until, I think it was chapter 9, and we even see who Paul is. Was it Peter? No, Peter kind of disappears halfway through the book of Acts. Was it John? No, John, he's got a minor role in the beginning. Who led the early church? The Holy Spirit. He led the early church. Now, he did work through these guys. He worked through Paul. He worked through Peter. He worked through John. He worked through Barnabas. He worked through different people, through Stephen, through Philip, through all these different people that were through Priscilla and Aquila, through different people, of course. But he was the one moving the church. And so it's incredibly important that our church is led by the Spirit. And that's why we're doing these studies. That's why we're taking the time to, to do all these studies. In Colossians 2.8, he says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. See, here's one thing we know, is that there are other spirits out there. There are evil spirits. There are malignant spirits. There's the spirit of the world. There's the spirit of Satan. There's the Antichrist spirit. I mean, there's, there's, there's some garbage out there. 
And some of us are very aware of this and some of us are not. And it's important as spiritual people and as God's church that we be aware, that we understand that there are these, there is a spiritual realm out there that we either are being led by or influenced by all the time. The question is not, are you being spiritually guided? The question is, who is your spiritual guide? And what is guiding you along? How are you being influenced? How What is influencing your mind and your heart? Because there is malignant spirits out there that love to make you doubt, fear, anxious, worry, hateful, angry, all those things. And we know it, right? We know that. But a lot of times we don't realize that this is a spiritual thing. This isn't just my sinful nature. We're all being influenced by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit, or by the Spirit of the world, the Spirit of this age. And there's a lot of Christians getting all caught up and tangled up by the Spirit of this age. And as the world gets polarized, they're getting polarized. And we have to be spiritual people, spiritual beings. That's a quote I've used before. We are not physical people with a, passing through a spiritual experience. We are spiritual people passing through a physical experience. First Corinthians 2.12, he says, What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Who is from God, not that is from God. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. The Spirit is trying to help us get it. We've been talking a lot about getting it, about understanding, right? The Spirit, He's trying to help you and me understand what God is giving us. This is what we speak. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Here's the thing, is unspiritual people don't get it. Unspiritual people, this is all gibberish, this is all mumbo-jumbo, weird stuff. Because it's spiritual language. The Bible's written in a spiritual language that if we stop and humble ourselves and listen, we will be influenced. But that's an intentional way of thinking. Uh, that is something we have to do. Open our hearts and our minds to the Spirit teaching us and showing us and helping us to understand. He says something in here really important because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Discerned is a big subject and we'll we'll do a whole class on discernment. And that's understanding when it's the Spirit speaking to you or what Spirit it is, the Spirit of God versus the Spirit of the world and being able to discern, to know which is which. So we're on this spiritual journey where we're learning to be like God. We're learning to hear the Spirit of God, to be guided by God, right? Jesus tells us a few things that are important. He says, when the Advocate comes, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, 
whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. I love this, you know, he, I love, first of all, what he calls the Spirit, he says, the advocate, the parakaleos, the parakletos, well, here it's parakletos, but it's the parakaleo, the parakletos is, it's two words, para and kaleo, para means alongside and kaleo means calling, in other words, it's the one next to you calling you forward, saying, come on, bro, come on, sister, you can do it. That's the parakaleo. That's so cool. It's where we get the word paramedic, paramedic, or paralegal, paralegal. They they walk alongside the doctor. They walk alongside the lawyer, and they help them to get their work done, to, to, to respond to their calling. And so the Spirit helps us respond to our calling from God. He's your best buddy, basically. He's your soul partner. Where his spirit speaks to your spirit. His spirit strengthens your spirit. And he says, this is what I'm sending you. Jesus, this is the gift right here. He said, this, I'm sending you this from the Father. He's the spirit of truth. No lies, no deceit, no games. Truth. And he will, how do you know he said? Because he will testify about Jesus. Jesus said, he will testify about me. In other words, he's going to point you to Jesus all the time. I mean, that's one simple test of discernment is does, is what I'm feeling, thinking, or hearing, or being told calling me to be with Jesus? Is it making me more like Jesus? Is it making me closer to Jesus? Is it, is it connecting me to Jesus? That's a test right there to know if something's of the Lord or something's of the world or something's of Satan. And he says, and you also must testify. Okay, so it's our job to go out and preach this. To go out and let people know. (laughs) For you have been with me from the beginning. So, parakaleo, our advocate. Another way of saying advocate is lawyer. I love that. Jesus is my lawyer. I mean, think about it. If you've ever been called into court, have you ever been sued? Or you've ever gone through a trial? Hopefully you haven't, but I know some of us have. And it's a scary thing to walk into a courthouse. And you don't know what's going to happen. It's all official and fancy wood and, and state seals and judges and police. and It's just a very intimidating thing. And you know that much of the success of any trial depends on what? The lawyer. How good is your lawyer? It's why people pay lots and lots of money to have the best lawyers. Because your win or loss can depend on not justice, because unfortunately we can't count on justice in this world. It oftentimes depends on the quality of your lawyer. So you ever have to go to court and get the best lawyer you can get. Our lawyer is Jesus. How awesome is that? Our lawyer is the Holy Spirit. How great is that? And the judge is the father. I mean, they would never let you be defended by the son of the judge, (laughs) by a relative of the judge. No way. That would be a conflict of interest. But that's what grace is. That's what grace is all about. That's the Holy Spirit in our life. One called 
or sent to assist another, an advocate who pleads the cause of another. That's the Holy Spirit, the parakaleo, and he's calling you, calling you to be with him. So how do I know if something's the Spirit of God or the false spirit, how, if it's real or if it's false, if it's true religion or false religion, it's the Spirit of God or the Spirit of Satan? Well, that's what discernment is. And we don't have time to get all into discernment because that's a whole nother, at least one long lesson, if not multiple. But there are a few things that I think we can look at just to make it really clear, the most obvious. In 1 John 4, 1, he says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize, or the word here is ginosko, this is how you will know. This is how you know the Spirit of God. Knowing the Spirit of God is really important. We know the Spirit of God by spending time in prayer, by spending time in reading our Bibles, by spending time in practicing what we've read and what we've prayed about. And we come to know things. Jesus said to those that were fakes, away from me, you evildoers, I never knew you. Knowing him. He says, every spirit that acknowledges or no, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge homologio doesn't proclaim Jesus, that isn't all about Jesus. And this is one way you know false religion because a lot of false religion is all about self. A lot of false religion is a self-improvement plan. Or a self-save plan. Here's how you can save yourself. And that's what it's all about. I mean, of course, obviously salvation is important. But it's not about that. Because it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God. It's about Jesus. And that's what he's saying. Every spirit that does not acknowledge or know Jesus, doesn't call Jesus, doesn't proclaim Jesus, is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. What? Antichrist has a spirit? Yeah, absolutely. Which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. We are living in the world of the Antichrist. And it's not one person like the movies. It's not the president. It's not the premier or the prime minister or the dictator of this country or that country. No, this is a spirit that affects many, many people. The spirit of the Antichrist. So, we know the Spirit by knowing Jesus, by proclaiming Jesus. And we know that there's a battle going on, right? It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I think sometimes we just forget that there's a spiritual realm. That there are heavenly realms. That there is evil all around us. And we, we think secular. We think just like the world. Oh, I'm just worried. I'm just stressed out. I'm just tired. Do you realize that behind that stress, there are there is evil? Behind that anxiety is fear. And what is really provoking your fear? There are malignant spirits at work on all of us. And, you know, we're... Church of Christ, International Church of Christ. We don't really talk a lot about that. We don't really think about that. I'll tell you, in other countries they do. In Latin America they do. In Africa they do. In Asia, Southeast Asia they do. They're very aware of the spiritual realms. 
But because we live in a quote-unquote modern society, we don't think about that a lot. But it's a very real thing. And part of being spiritual is being aware that these spiritual forces are around us. They're around us. I've had several situations where it was like, whoa, that was something spiritual. And you have to. Sometimes we don't realize it. We just stop and think about our lives. I, I think I've shared about the woman who paid all her dental debt when we were really down and out and desperate. I think she was an angel. I think I shared about the guy who told me to keep preaching, not to quit, when I was thinking of quitting. He was a homeless, crazy guy, and all of a sudden he becomes sane and looks at me in the eye and talks to me. I think that was the Spirit of the Lord. And there are other things that happen. And again, how do you know it's it? Well, because it's pointing me back to Jesus. Because it's calling me to love and to the good things of God. That's how I know. We're in that battle. John 16, 12, he says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. I mean, God gives us information a little bit at the time, right? But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Wow, what a huge part the Holy Spirit has in our Christian life. He will guide us, and he will tell us. The most obvious way he tells us is scripture, right? We, we, we all know that scripture, Second Peter 1, 21 says, so the prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. One of the most easiest ways to know is what the Spirit is saying. Open your Bible and read it. And that also should tell us how to read the scriptures. As though God were speaking to us. As though the Holy Spirit is telling us something. He is speaking to us. And that's incredibly important. He will guide us along. But we've got to be watching, listening, paying attention. Galatians 5.13, he says, You, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbors yourself. So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you walk by the Spirit, if you if you really set your life to be a spiritual person, you're reading the scriptures, you're practicing what you read, you're spending the time in prayer, you're connecting with God. And not just for 15, 20 minutes in the morning, you know, an hour in the morning, getting up, going to bed earlier so you can get up earlier so you can have a good quiet time, practicing a God-centered life, a spiritual life. Love is always the natural outcome, right? I mean, how do you know? How do you, how do you know somebody's spiritual? Well, the, there's an obvious, obvious thing. The fruits of the Spirit. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with the passions and desires since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. How do you know somebody's spiritual? You know, you, you hear that word tossed around a lot. Oh, he's very spiritual. Oh, she's so spiritual. What does that mean? Really what it means is that the Spirit is in there sowing to the Spirit. They're walking. They're keeping in step with the Spirit. 
And how do you know? Because it shows up in their love, in their joy, in their peace, in their patience, in their kindness, in their goodness, in their faithfulness, in their gentleness, and in their self-control. They're not out of control. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect. And we all mess up. All of us do, right? But we repent and we get right back into the spirit. Those are the obvious signs. Those are the ways you know. I was I was in Jerusalem one time. And we were taking a shortcut through this old church. I mean, this church is probably 1,500 years old. And I don't even know that we had a guide leading us. And, and we're cutting through the back of this church. And then these old monks, and each one of these monks, they looked like they were 100 years old each. I mean, the youngest one was probably 100. And they're all sitting there at a table writing this, the Bibles. They're writing Bibles by hand. And I, I looked over, and I look, and I see, and he's in First John, which is all about love, right? And we're walking through, and one of the sisters in the group cracked. She started laughing. She and she wasn't loud, but she started laughing. And he looked up at her and he goes, shush. And he just had this stern, mean face. And I felt so much like saying, are you reading what you're writing there? Because <laughs> it says right there, God is love. And you cannot love God if you do not love your brothers and sisters. I think sometimes it's crazy how we miss the obvious. The obvious, what is a spiritual person? It's a loving person, a joyful person. The Spirit of God brings joy. Joy. That's something we never usually talk about. Is Was Jesus joyful? Absolutely, because he was the ultimate spiritual person. Full of peace. He could be in a boat with a storm and waves, taking a nap. It gives us peace. Boy, do we need peace right now. With everything going on in our world. And it could get a lot worse than it is. You think it's bad now? It could get way worse. It could also get better, hopefully patience. Man, we want things now, now, now. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These these are all this is this is what a spiritual person is. They have the fruits of the spirit. These are incredibly look at that list. Then you ask yourself, how am I doing spiritually? How's the spiritual? Who does that list make you think of? And and think about living in a world full of that. That's the kingdom of God. That's the spirit of the kingdom of God. There it is. Love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's what all of us should feel in the church. The church should be that place. The place where you can go and feel all those things. Your Bible talk should be where you're surrounded by those things. If we are truly spiritual. You see what God is doing? As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by human, by humans, but chosen by God. We're talking about Jesus here. Precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. It's called the church, by the way. To be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. God is building a spiritual house. 
That's what God is doing. And it's called the church. And sometimes the church gets way off and is not spiritual and is not a spiritual place. And it gets that way because its members get way off and are being more influenced by the spirit of the world than by the spirit of God. So we come back to the spirit of God and we let God influence us. We sow to the spirit through reading, through praying, through practicing, to putting into effect in our lives. Something is happening right now. Something is happening in our church, in our little group in Metro. You know where you really, really see it? I got to tell you, where you really see it is on Sunday mornings at the park. It's just the services have been so awesome. I mean, everybody that goes up there, the welcome, the prayer, the contribution, the clothes, everything has just been electric. And you feel it. There's a buzz in the fellowship. You know, as I thought about saying, I was saying that word, I think of, there's two different ways we say buzz. Buzz, like there's an excitement. And then we say, yeah, dude's got a buzz, man. What are we talking about? We've always had a few drinks. He's not acting normal. You know, when the apostles stood up and started speaking in tongues, they thought they were drunk. You remember? And he says, and he says, these men are not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. They thought they were drunk because they were acting so weird. But something happens when you're spirit-filled. You're a little weird. You're a little different. And that's what's beginning to happen here. It's beginning. There's an excitement that's starting. We've been talking about focus. We've been talking about seeing and hearing and understanding and creating space for the Holy Spirit, space for God to work. We've been talking about living intentional, about connecting, about spiritual living, and it's just beginning to bear fruit. There's a growing love. There's a growing joy. There's there's a growing kindness in our little fellowship right here, Metro Los Angeles. But also, in the big church, it's growing. It's starting. And my question is, did you get on board? Are you on board here? Are you part of this? And I close out here with the scripture that Isaiah 43, 19, Isaiah says, you see, and we started the year with this scripture. You see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do you get it? Are you catching this? I am making a way in the wilderness. And we're living in wilderness right now. These times are crazy. Whether it's invasions or supply chains breaking down, but you know, the, 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 the polarization of America, all the garbage happening. We're in a spiritual wilderness. He says, I am making a way in the wilderness. And streams in the wasteland. The world right now is a spiritual desert. But God is making a stream. And here it is. It's right here in the church. And and if you haven't gotten it, get it. Ask God to show you. Ask for help from the Holy Spirit. Say a prayer. And ask God, help me to be part of this. 
If you can, come to the park service on Sunday morning. It's great. If you didn't want to have to wear a mask, we're starting this Sunday, you don't have to wear a mask. Some people should keep wearing masks just to be safe. But some of us feel safe enough we, we're not going to be wearing masks anymore. We'll still do our dots so that those that want to be keep safe distance can. But come and be part of what's happening. Next week, we're going to do focus on the hospitality of the Spirit. And I'm going to just tell you right now, it's going to be a real special day. It's going to be a really cool day. Come and join us. We're at the Obi-Wan Kenobi Park. No, sorry, Don Kenobi Park. And it's just, it's just, there's something happening there. I'm telling you, there's something happening and it's exciting. It's a movement of the spirit of God. So that's enough. Went a long time here. Love you. Buen Camino. You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 